We like to say that our stripers are kind of our secret sauce because they have that great connection with our customer and something you can only find at Foot Locker. And so a lot of our investments are geared towards that and just really excelling the customer experience that our customers know and love. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. By the end of 2024, there will be more than 2 billion people worldwide classified as Generation Alpha. Now, you may have heard the term Gen Alpha a few times in the news or at a retail conference, but do you really know them? These consumers are born after 2010, and they have grown up immersed in technology. They use smartphones like it's nothing. They rely on social media to communicate with each other and with brands. And I think the most interesting fact about them is their use of gaming platforms and the metaverse to not just connect with each other, but find new ways to express themselves and find out who they really are in this world. Kids Foot Locker is embracing this, embracing what's really special about this group, and is not just adapting its digital strategies, but also its in-store experiences to ensure that they're giving Gen Alpha the space that they need to find out who they really are. I sat down recently with Jill Feldman, VP and General Manager of Kids Foot Locker, to dig into what she's learned about this group, what her team has learned about Gen Alpha, and what they're really doing to engage and activate these relationships across all channels, especially since we're in prime back-to-school time. Now, if your goal is to understand Gen Alpha a little bit more and get some real-life inspiration, this conversation is perfect for you. Jill, thanks so much for taking the time out to join me today. Thank you so much for having me. So the main mission of Experience Insider is to sit down with experts in the field who are really doing the work in crafting this new era of customer experience. And Kids Foot Locker is a very exciting brand because you are very targeted. You're very focused on speaking to and engaging Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Two demographics that everyone has a lot of questions about and everyone wants to learn more about. So what has Kids Foot Locker learned about these two groups, especially over the last year or so? Sure. Well, for Kids Foot Locker, we're especially focused on Gen Alpha. I think an important thing to know, first off, is that this is the most diverse generation ever growing up in the most diverse world and even more diverse than Gen Z. And I think that that's helping them to be an incredibly inclusive generation, inclusive towards race, but also inclusive towards gender and sexuality. So I think that that's an important consideration for us as a retailer about how we're being open-minded and empathetic and curious, just like Gen Alpha. Another big difference between Gen Alpha and Gen Z is really around gaming and social media. So yes, Gen Z very into gaming, of course, very into social media as well. But I think that the way that those two generations use platforms is a little bit different. So Gen Alpha is really using those platforms to help them define themselves. 
Gen Alpha is incredibly creative. They also really value self-expression. And so rather than just using those platforms to kind of consume content, they're actually using those platforms to create content. So they're using TikTok to really go out and create content. And really similar to gaming, they don't want to just play somebody else's game. They actually want to be immersed in the world and create the game themselves. So it's, I think, a little bit different, their take on how they use those different platforms. And I think for us, that insight is really impacting how we think about the role that kids Foot Locker can play in the metaverse and on social media, whether it's through a platform like Roblox and, and really about how we put kids at the center of everything we do by helping to unleash their creativity, even potentially as influencers for our brand. I think another big difference between them is just you got to think about Gen Alpha is being raised by millennial parents, right? So they're being raised by a different generation. And so it does feel like they have a little different relationship with their parents. You know, millennials are trying really hard to parent in a really positive parenting approach. And so they have pretty strong bonds with their kids. And I think the pandemic, for the most part, only strengthened strengthen those bonds. And so they really want to experience things together. And so for Kids Foot Locker, we're really thinking about how we design a store experience and bring in interactive and immersive play elements that the entire family can really enjoy. So those are a couple of big differences. Yeah, really powerful differences. Very nuanced, I think. So the platforms, there are some overlap, but how they're used, you know, what these consumers are looking for. There are some differences, which I find to be fascinating. And I think a lot of the points you bring up underscore a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today, which is fantastic. So I want to dig into the technology and specifically social media component of this, because like you said, there is that creator angle, but then there's also that community and self-expression angle as well. And I feel like these platforms are so influential, whether it be TikTok, it's, it's largely TikTok, but there's also Snapchat and Instagram that really lean to lean into this creator component of it, but also discovering new trends, consuming content from others, co-creating content and, and tapping into these like viral challenges, right? Like there are a lot of fun things that I'm sure you could probably play with as a brand. So how is Kids Foot Locker using social platforms to drive engagement within the, the platforms or even as a vehicle to drive traffic to stores? Because I feel like that connecting point could be interesting for your brands. Yeah, definitely. So kids themselves are really influential in how we're thinking about the experience. You know, kids are very involved in the decisions to purchase sneakers. They're even involved in the retailer they're going to choose. And so for us, utilizing those platforms to really connect with both kids and parents is really important. You kind of mentioned it, but one of the biggest ways that that's influencing how we engage with our customer is giving power to the creators, right? So both YouTubers, TikTok creators, they have a ton of influence on our consumers' preferences, whether it's identifying sneakers or style or just showing how different people express themselves. And so for us, we're really looking for authentic partnerships that we can co-create content. So we have had a lot of success with kid influencers to create content. So we'll seed them with different sneakers, different apparel options, and they can help us create a much more authentic content that really creates 
a lot of engagement with the consumer, a lot of impressions. And on TikTok in particular, one thing that both Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker have seen a lot of success with is actually unleashing the power of what we call our store associates, who we affectionately call our stripers. They wear a black and white striped uniform. So our stripers are incredibly influential. And so a big part of our strategy today and going forward is to really unlock the power. They're so passionate about sneakers. They have their finger on the pulse. And so for using them as well. I think another thing is the way we think about the influence of that in our store engagement, which you mentioned, kids really want to be engaged and entertained regardless of whether they're shopping for shoes or playing in the metaverse. And so for us, we have a new concept called House of Play, and that really is all about interactive and immersive experiences. And a couple couple ways that platforms have influenced our thinking. So first off, when we were designing this store, we were talking to the store team and we said, what would you want to see in the store? And what would our customer want to see? And one of our associates said, well, you know, people are already in our store making reels, TikTok reels all the time. So why don't we give them cool backgrounds and a place to actually do that? So in our house of play stores, we have a pretty cool experience where it's like kind of the perfect backdrop to create a TikTok reel. We're seeing a ton of engagement with that. And we're also having success with gamifying some of our experiences, which I think really taps into how kids are naturally using platforms. So one of the things that works so well, this is actually very low tech, but it's kind of a vertical reach and it's competitive so that kids can, you know, how high can you jump? And we have really great engagement with both the parents and the kids on that. So those are just, I think, a couple of the ways that those platforms are really influencing how we engage with kids, not just digitally, but also in stores. That's great. So this really great in-store concepts, you're on social media, you're in the metaverse, you use your associates really effectively, which I love. I feel like that's a, a really undertapped opportunity for a lot of a lot of brands and retailers because associates are the true brand fans, right? Like, and they're connected to the community. And it seems like you're looking at this through a very holistic 365 approach, like all day, every day, this is the engagement strategy. So I have to ask, how does this kind of impact the way you're approaching back to school because obviously prime time now, and it's always been a huge time for retailers, but I can't help but wonder how the dynamics have changed, how planning has changed now that we're looking at all of these channels holistically and and using them year round, right? It's not something that we switch on and off for peak sales periods, right? So how are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think even though customers do have access to more technology, they might have more access to information about trends and deals and whatever else is out there, there's still really a timeliness to back to school that has been there historically and I think really remains today. And I think because kids are always growing, a lot of parents want to wait till pretty close in to make sure they get the right size. And then I also think because kids have so much access to trends and what's trending that they want to wait until pretty close in to see what's going to be hot, right? Right when they go back to school. And so I think parents know that even though that they could be shopping well in advance, I think a lot of parents want to wait to make sure that their kids don't see something else, right? When they're scrolling their feed that they might be more into when a couple of weeks have passed. So I do think though, certainly it influences how we engage with our customers. It's been a big part of how we think about our back to school campaign. And then it's also thing, you know, influencing things like using more cash back offers or buy now, pay later options like Klarna, which we naturally see our customer adopting. So those are a couple of ways it's really influencing back to school for us. 
Yeah. I like that because then you're not necessarily confining the consumer to this like certain number of weeks or, you know, the couple of months before the season. It is an ongoing engagement opportunity, which I know from a marketing perspective, companies are always thinking about, okay, once I get that buy, once I acquire that customer, how do I get them to come back time and time again? So using all those channels strategically, I'm sure can make a really big impact. Absolutely. No, it's great. So I do want to make sure we, we touch on stores because we're seeing this really amazing reinvestment in the store experience, a rethinking of how all of these touch points play together. Before I go back into the House of Play concept, which I think is so fun, I do want to ask you about you know your store's more broadly, right? Beyond the new concept, because, you know, we've done some research around how brands and retailers are investing in stores, a lot of redesigns and remodels of existing stores versus opening new ones, a lot of people testing new formats. So looking at Kids Foot Locker, its entire fleet of stores, new investments, I mean, where are your priorities right now? Yeah, so stores are really vital to our experience. You know, customers still very much want to touch and feel and try on the product. And so we are investing in stores. We've actually, from the Kids Foot Locker side, been investing in increasing our stores. And we're remodeling quite a few stores, as you mentioned, too. And we'll talk about House of Play in just a moment. But even beyond that new concept, House of Play, both Foot Locker and Kids Foot Locker, we've had really great success in what we call community stores. And this is a big pillar of ours going forward. So what a community store is, it's really embedded in an underserved neighborhood with a real focus on creating an authentic connection with local customers. So these are much larger than a typical store, sometimes two or three times the size. It includes an activation space, community events. We have local art on the outside and on the inside too. So it's a really unique expression of that individual community. Sometimes you can find special capsule collections that are available only in that store from a local designer, local brand. And we serve the full family through Foot Locker for Adults and Kids Foot Locker through Kids. And Power Stores, which is another name of our concept, is also an elevated expression, not quite as geared towards the community, more likely to be in a mall or maybe a high street. And based on the success of those, you know, our goal is to actually expand globally to have 300 of these over the next few years. So a really big part. They're more experiential. They're more localized. But, you know, something that spans all of our stores is really about allowing our customers to discover and explore trends on their own. And we mentioned earlier, the power of our stripers, our associates, and that's one big thing that we're trying to unlock is how can we kind of harness the power of our stripers through our omni-channel experience, whether it's digital, whether it's in stores. We, we like to say that our stripers are kind of our secret sauce because they have that great connection with our customer and something you can only find at Foot Locker. And so a lot of our investments are geared towards that and just really excelling the customer experience that our customers know and love. Oh, that's great. I think between the community focus to the integration of digital, it seems like, you know, you guys are doing a very great job of, you know, tapping into that consumer insight, like what your customer really wants from that experience. But I mean, as you've rolled out new stores, tested new components, I love that there's kind of like a modular approach to a lot of these different elements in your stores. Is there anything that like you've learned about the kids or even their parents, right? Because I mean, I feel like it's a very interesting dynamic of like how decisions are made within families. Is there anything you've learned from your consumers about what they're looking for in the digital and physical experience, how the two complement each other, or even just like 
the store specifically? Like, what are they expecting now? Yeah. So when we think about what makes a really great experience, whether it's in stores or um, digitally, we like to think about it in terms of a pyramid. And, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid, they're really foundational things. So you've got to have sizes in stock. You've got to have comfortable shoes. Okay, check off some of those foundational things. But as you kind of move up the pyramid is where we think kids' footlocker really excels. And, you know, kind of in the middle is about having a really exciting experience. And for our customers, they love sneakers and they love self-expression. And so making sure that we can deliver on that through a really wide variety of brands and styles. So, you know, for some kids, self-expression can be wearing a new pair of Vans that are in the shape of a uniform or a unicorn. That's my daughter's favorite. For other people, it's about getting the most exclusive Jordan retros. Another kid, it might be about finding just the right color of Crocs that they can customize with their gibbets. So we're really all about allowing kids to express themselves. And that is a really exciting experience. But at the top of the experience, Pyramid is really about creating a really delightful experience. And that comes through for us around having an experience that's really focused on kids. So making sure that it's fun. We're starting to um, interactive and immersive elements to more of our stores, not just our house of play concept. And it also comes through in the stripers, which are our associates. And they can really offer, you know, a customer experience and a connection with a consumer that you just don't always see at other retailers. But the store experience very much complements our digital experience and vice versa. So most transactions, even if they end up in store, are certainly influenced from the digital, whether they start on our site or they see a pair of shoes on TikTok that their favorite influencers rock in. And so we are really focused on making sure that that's very seamless, very connected and taking a lot of steps in the future to really see how the stripers can become even bigger part of that omni-channel experience. That's great. I I love that you look at it through a pyramid design. I'm sure that's something that a lot of folks listening could probably apply to their own business. Like what is foundational or core to the business? And then as you go up, what are the little elements that add surprise and delight or make the customer feel more known and appreciated? So that's definitely a good exercise. I think a lot of folks watching may want to do after they finish this conversation. But before we close things out, I do want to make sure we hit on house of play because in your last response, you noted how you're kind of taking cues from this concept and making your other stores more interactive, digitally enabled, community driven. But what are the plans for House of Play? Because right now there are only a couple of locations, right? So what does the future look like? Yeah, so we opened our first two House of Play concepts at the end of 2021. Um, One's in Miami, one's in Dallas. And the response from customers has been really amazing. You know, yes, there's a lot of great metrics. Conversion's great. Net promoter scores are great. Sales are great. But I think what really matters is that the response from the customer. Both of these stores are really, we remodeled existing stores. We made them much larger, about three times larger. And so customers... We already had a pretty loyal fan base there, but when customers came into that new store for the first time, the look on their faces is really priceless. So we had a lot of customers saying, you guys made this store for me and in this neighborhood. And it's been really, really special. And so we're taking a lot of learnings. We're continuing to adapt, but we're really excited based on their initial success. And we are rolling out two more of these later in 2022, which will be really exciting. And then our plans are to continue to scale this. You know, we'd love to make sure that we can have a house of play concept in every key market for us so that our customer, regardless of where they live, if they're fairly close to a big city, that they'd have access to that because we do think it's a really special experience. 
That's amazing. We'll definitely be keeping an eye out for those expansion announcements. We'd love to see where you pop up next. But you noted metrics and, you know, success factors, which everyone I think is, you know, digging into really looking at the impact of all of their investments right now, just because the consumer is changing so much, dynamics are changing, and there's that need to not just be competitive, but really differentiate in the market. And and Kids Foot Locker has done so many incredible things over the past year or so, so many new investments, so many new ways to test, learn, and, and be there for their customers. So to close out, I would love to kind of get a summary from you as far as like what you've learned about your core customer, the Gen Alpha consumer, as well as their influencers, the parents over this time and how you'll kind of apply these learnings, especially as we get into holiday and 2023, like that planning time is is here, if not already, you know, coming up soon in the pipeline. So what are some of the key learnings and takeaways there? I think one of the biggest learnings has been that our core customer, the kid, they really are the influencer, right? They have a ton of influence over the entire purchase journey. So I think that's a big, a big learning that we're applying to how we think about our marketing, how we think about the right channels to be engaging in, how we think about content. Yes, we want to engage with the parent, but a big part of our strategy going forward is really connecting with the kid in the right ways. Because we hear from our consumer that kids as young as two or three actually have an opinion on the shoes they're going to wear, sometimes even the retailer, if you can believe it. And the kid's footlocker shopper tends to be much more influential over the purchase journey than kids who maybe shop somewhere else. And I, I think that's because they really love the kid for First experience that we offer. The other learning is definitely just how immersed they are in content, whether it's watching videos on TikTok, we've mentioned, whether it's making their own universe in Roblox and, you know, thinking about how we immerse ourselves into the metaverse is a big part of what you might see from us coming in the future, because we think it's really critical for brands, our brand to be where our customer is. And for the kid, they're increasingly in a digital world. So that's going to be something that really influences how we think about things. I think the third one is just as we've talked about House of Play, that's really about experiences. And back to that learning at the beginning, those millennial parents have a really experience-hungry attitude that they've really imbued on those kids. And so it's really important for us to create experiences that are really for the entire family, right? Parents and their kids want to have an interactive and immersive experience. They think shopping is a bonding time. And we really want to you know, offer an experience where they can enjoy time together. And so you're going to see that not just in our house of play, but as we think about our experience overall going forward. Love that. And I think your point, Jill, about giving the child say, I have a four-year-old, he has a lot of opinions, especially yes. his shoes. He actually <laughs> just got into Crocs, so I'm glad you brought those up. Nice. But giving them kind of a bit more power, I guess, over their decision-making and what they get out of the experience. It's always fun to see them discover new things and really find out what they really like. So, you know, as a parent, it's really great to hear, you know, retailers like yours kind of doubling down on that and, and creating those moments. So this has been amazing, Jill. Thank you again so much for taking the time out to chat with me. It was really enlightening. Thanks, Alicia, for having me. Really fun talking to you today. What did I tell you? A truly fascinating conversation about a fascinating group of consumers. I would love to hear your thoughts on my conversation with Jill, what you've learned, even what you've tried to engage with Gen Alpha and what has worked. 
be sure to drop us a line on Twitter at our touchpoints or on LinkedIn at retail touchpoints. Leave a question, leave your feedback, and we will keep the conversation going. Or if you just want to share some thumbs up or tips on how we can make our show better, leave us a rating or review. We are on all key podcast players and networks from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and Stitcher. Frankly, anywhere else, we are likely there. And if you want new episodes delivered directly to your device, be sure to subscribe. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next time.